Hello and welcome to the FPL Zone. I'm Adam and joining me will be two of my esteemed colleagues from thestatzone.com to review the key talking points ahead of Game Week 28 of the Fantasy Premier League. On the show today, we'll be exploring the ins and outs of a blank game week as four teams sit out this weekend due to the League Cup final. We'll also decide whether to hop aboard FPL's newest bandwagon, Bruno Fernandes, after his excellent start to life in the Premier League. All that, and of course, our captain's picks and a quick fire round of head-to-heads. With me today, Tim. Hello. And Alex. Hello. We've uh, moved around in the studio, it's a bit weird. It is a bit odd. I'm sat in between you both. It's a lovely place to Lucky you. It's lovely, I can already feel the tension. Uh, the League Cup final between Man City and Aston Villa this Sunday means several top four hopefuls will sit out this weekend, also Arsenal. While it is just one week without some key FPL assets, is it worth chopping and changing? Uh, I think it depends on, on the player specifically, uh, as well as the team. I mean, for example, I look at Manchester City and, and players such as Kevin De Bruyne. Do you want to chop and change a player that has got 18 assists already in the Premier League and is going for you know the record number of assists per season? And, and I would say no, probably not. However, then if you look at someone like a Sergio Aguero and you, you see that he's not scored in his last three Premier League games and missed the penalty as well, I think yeah, maybe I do want to switch him out. So I think it's more about the individual player itself rather than the team as a whole. It's an interesting one with the City assets. So we spoke um, the other week about how they're definitely now going to be focused on the Champions League and, and you were quite uh, vocal, Alex, on your opinion that Kevin De Bruyne will come out of your team eventually because he is going to start getting rested. So, you know, there's only 10 game weeks to go after this week. Would this not be a week for you to maybe jump off him given that he's not playing? A, fa- a fair shout. I just think you, you, I look at the bigger picture. I was surprised actually that he played both games before the Champions League match against Real Madrid in a good way. I think I think your opinion switches as game weeks go along. For example, I was one of those players that captained De Bruyne back in uh, uh, in game week 26 against uh, West Ham, that long wait game. And I think when something like that happens and he brings you home, you know, 14 points and you just think all of a sudden, do you really want to get rid of him? And you do look at the records and you think Man City could get knocked out of the Champions League. And if they get knocked out of the Champions League, all of a sudden you'd imagine De Bruyne is going to play every Premier League game between now and the end of the season. You take into account injuries too. David Silva has been ruled out injured, which means there's less room in the central midfield for perhaps rotation due to Pep Guardiola's um, allergicness towards playing someone like a Phil Foden, for example. So I think it goes both ways, but I, I do feel like, you know, my opinion does chop and change. Actually, anyone who listens to this podcast regularly will know yeah, as, as you say it, it Sorry, is. you might say he has a, a phil phobia yeah very, very nice Thank very droll I, I was like am very I going to interrupt for this and I, I did I think it was worth it thank you sorry go on Tim no, I think it very much is dependent on the player I mean there's been a lot of talk uh, over the last couple of weeks of the potential rearrangement of the fixture so Man City could end up playing Arsenal in game week 29 and so if that does happen or if the possibility of that happening it is definitely worth keeping your transfer in-house particularly towards the end of the game week you know keeping hold of those players uh, from an Arsenal perspective if that game doesn't get rearranged for game week 29 I would still keep Aubameyang in my side they've got West Ham directly following uh, game week 28 it's a worthwhile fixture to keep him on board for you know he's the one player from Arsenal who looks like the standout option and he goes a little underappreciated in FPL circles particularly at the start of the season people talk about you know your premium strikers being your Agueros your Harry Canes you know Aubameyang's always on that sort of considered on that tier below and in reality he he's just as good if not better than than they are 
you know, since the start of last season, he has 39 goals to his name. That's more than Aguero. It's more than Kane. It's more than anyone else in the Premier League. And he'd be one that I would keep hold of definitely through this period. I think he's someone especially, he's a very streaky player, isn't he? He goes on goal-scoring runs and then all of a sudden doesn't score for, for a while. You know, we got five goals in, in four games earlier on in the season and then went three games without scoring. You know, he's just one of those players sometimes that can go on a streak and now, of course, he has three goals in his last two Premier League games and 21 FPL points in the process. Now he's in the midst of one of those streaks. So if a double game he gets announced in game week 29, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think you'd be a fool not to have him in your team, especially if you own him. If you own him, there's no way you're selling him. I have that issue with Aguero. Do I, do I keep him for a double game week but you know his form is off at the moment that's an even even harder choice really but that's all what you've got to take into account um I look at Aston Villa as well you know we we, we talk about the bigger clubs the Man City and the Arsenals but Aston Villa you know really it's about one player and that's Jack Grealish um because he's their talisman everyone knows everything Aston Villa does does goes through Grealish he had an assist disallowed against Southampton um in terms of FPL points returns, he's not actually been at his best recently because he's only had um, he's only had one assist. That's been his only attacker return return since game week twenty three. Over one hundred twenty thousand people have transferred him out this week. Well, of course, the, that's the blank game week for you. That's the blank game week effect going forward. Um, we we don't know anything about when Aston Villa's double game will be against Sheffield United for obvious reasons because they don't have any European commitments um, they have Leicester away in game week 29 followed by Chelsea at home um, so I think people have looked at those fixtures and thought you know that's probably not worth keeping him in but for me personally I just look at him and I, I just see he's such a talisman everything goes through him if Aston Villa were going to score a goal you would imagine Grealish is going to be involved in some way whether it be him scoring himself or an assist I think it I've always been a fan of his without owning him, but I would I feel like he's someone I would love to own going forward once this blank game week is done with. See, for me, I'm actually the other way. So I would probably keep hold of my City and Arsenal assets, as we've just said. But when it comes to the Villa and Sheffield United assets who you know have a blank game week this week, I'd be happily moving those on. You know, Grealish, you're looking at Leicester. They've got away to Norwich this weekend. And, you know, there are no pushovers Norwich at home, as evidenced by the match against Liverpool the other week. But... They do concede. You know, you could easily drop down a Grealish to, say, Perez or to Harvey Barnes, who's been performing really well lately. Um, similar with the Sheffield United assets, you know, John Fleck's been a very popular choice recently, and he is a bit cheaper at £5 million, but if there, you do have a little bit of money in the bank, an upgrade to one of these Leicester players who have got Norwich at the weekend, or even um, Robert Snodgrass has been performing well at West Ham. You know, they've got a, a favourable-looking fixture against Southampton. I'd be happy, happily moving one of those on the only thing I'd say it's a gamble moving on a Sheffield United defender or a goalkeeper you could make a case for someone like a Fleck but I think if you're, you're looking to move on you know a Sheffield United defender or keeper I think you're taking a big gamble I do expect Sheffield United to keep more clean sheets between now and the end of the season of course I, I understand they've, they've not kept the clean sheet in their last two game weeks but it hasn't stopped their defenders from getting returns Ender Stevens scored of course um, at the weekend against Brighton uh, John Egan has, has got an attack in return he got an assist against Bournemouth in that 2-1 of course John Lundstrom came off the bench to score so that's Sheffield United bring more than just clean sheets they're, they're defenders bring attacking um, potential as well they do and, and if you take away Lundstrom because you know he's still owned by over 40% of players but you would expect he would be getting shipped out of many teams in the future given he's lost his place in the starting 11 the most the most popularly owned player is Dean Henderson and you know he again brings up the advantage of having two keepers you know if you do have enough money to bring in a second keeper you can keep Henderson on the bench for this game week knowing that he has a double game week coming up in the future 
And so I, I really think with Henderson, he would be the one from those two teams who I would keep. Like I said, I'd happily ship out anyone else, but Dean Henderson in net for the value of having a keeper and you can replace him with someone else, I'd keep him. Not to mention he has a massive reason to perform, does Dean Henderson, with spots in England's Euro 2020 squad on yeah. the horizon. On to our Beat the Clock challenge then. Tim, you're, uh, you've not done this yet, have you? No, I, I heard you both last week though on it. It was, it was very good. Yeah, very different ideas of what 20 seconds is, both of them. Uh, yeah, our Beat the Clock challenge, where we match up two FPL assets and a head-to-head comparison. Both Alex and Tim will pick their preferred Game Week 28 choice from two players and have just 20 seconds to give their reasons why. Are you, are you aware? Do you know how long 20 seconds is, Tim? Have you got it? I've got it. Would you like to start between Diogo Jota or Raul Jimenez? Go. Uh, so I'm going to go with Raul Jimenez, Mr. Consistent. I know Diego Jota's done it recently, but Jimenez... That's what you want from an FPL player, someone who's going to score week in, week out. He hasn't gone more than three game weeks without either a goal or assist all season, other than from game week five till game week seven. So he is going to return repeatedly. 18 seconds, that was good. Go on then, uh, Alex. I go for Diogo Jota because he's the man in form. Of course, he's got five goals and one assist in his last two appearances in all competitions. Got a hat-trick in the Europa League against Espanyol. Backed it up with a double uh, against Norwich. Um, one assist as well. Hit the post and was that a hat-trick for him and as his goal. So I think he's the man in form. So he'd be my pick against Spurs. They've got very different styles. I think Alex just tries it all in one breath. Otherwise, but I mean, you you slow down at the end. So. The, the, the 20, you ran out of things to say, didn't not, you? It's not yeah. very long, twenty seconds. I, I worried I'd I'd gone over my allotted time. That's very interesting. Okay, next up, Jamie Vardy versus Roberto Firmino. Uh, I go for Jamie Vardy. Uh, yes, he's not scored a goal in the Premier League since game week 18, but he's still getting in goal-scoring positions. He should have scored against Man City last game. We hit the post. Norwich are bottom of the league. They've got Zimmerman out injured. So Vardy's going to be up against Grant Hanley and Ben Godfrey. That enough should be an excuse to pick Vardy in this game week. 17 seconds, lovely. Your turn, Tim. Uh, Roberto Firmino, he's got an away fixture against Watford, who he loves a game against. He's got five goals and three assists in eight previous appearances against the Hornets. Uh, and put simply, I trust Liverpool to score more than I trust Leicester to score. I mean, Firmino this season is Mr. Away. Eight goals, obviously eight goals have come away from home. Do all of your picks in this game have a, have a title? So you've got Mr. Consistent and Mr. Away. I'm looking forward to hear who Rui Patricio or Kasper Schmeichel is, Tim. Casper uh, Schmeichel I'm going to go with two clean sheets in his last three away games you know saved a penalty and he's actually got an excellent penalty saving record and if you're going hunting for extra points penalties are a great avenue into that he's, he's saved one out of every four he's faced in his career Mr. Savey sure <laughs> why not I'm going for Mr. Clean Sheet Rui Patricia uh, at the end of the day you can't gamble on a on a goalkeeper but having a penalty to save every game week and Rui Patricio has three Premier League clean sheets on the bounce four in all competitions counting their Europa League game Wolves are a different proposition at the back with Bolly in the side and they're facing a toothless Spurs team without Kane and Son lovely stuff last but not least Bruno Fernandes versus Mo Salah what can I say? Bruno Fernandes is the new FPL sensation, isn't he? Five shots against Wolves in his debut. Three big chances created in his second match against Chelsea. Got an assist as well. Got his first goal against Watford from the penalty spot last game. We can assist as well. He's playing number 10. He's on penalties. He's on set pieces. And at only 8.2 million, he's a bargain choice. That was almost perfect. That was 19 and oh. a bit. Lovely. Tim? Uh, Mo Salah, the simply put, the best player in FPL, and he's been particularly on form recently. So over his last eight matches, he's got six goals, two assists, and averages just over eight points in that time period. And he also, much like Firmino, loves a game against Watford. Eight goals in five appearances, including that four-goal haul a couple of seasons ago. I triple captain. I, I, every time you mention that, I will mention that I triple captain Salah on that day. 
and it still remains to be the only thing I ever did right in FPL. Which is a good thing to have done. Right? Congratulations. At the end of that round, um, to be honest, I reckon Tim won that one. Ooh. Sorry, Alex. Thanks for that. But I mean, you, I mean, you did you did get very close to 20 seconds. Which, I'm not sure if that's actually the game we're playing, but you have some points, Tim. They're yours. There you go. Thanks. For you. Uh, we should probably speak a little bit more about Bruno Fernandes. Last time, last week, we spoke about um, him in Son replacements after his fracture. Uh, since then, with a goal and an assist for Fernandes in game at 27, earning him 14 FPL points, have we found a new FPL bandwagon? Yes, I believe we have. Uh, I've wrote about Bruno Fernandes this week on uh, on our first look uh, piece, which you can find uh, at on the statzone.com under our FPL section. Uh, I wrote about him and I, I posed the question, is Bruno Fernandes the red Kevin De Bruyne? That's uh, that's my question really of the week. Is he Manchester United's Kevin De Bruyne? They've been looking, Man United, for a player that's going to play in central midfield and chip in with goals, assists, general creativity now for a long time since Paul Pogba was wiped off the face of the earth. And um, I think they found that man in Bruno Fernandes. I've been really impressed watching him. Uh, he's he's getting into attacking positions. He's trying to create chances. It feels like he he's in the team purely to score to to gain assists for the likes of Martial and to score goals. And so far, he's looked very very good. And I at the price as well, only eight point two million. He looks like someone that that looks a real option going forward with United needing to win game after game to finish in the Champions League spots. He's definitely going to be a bandwagon. I mean, there's something about this game and Manchester United players in particular that the moment someone looks like they might perform well for that club, they are jumped upon. I mean, he's only been in the on the game for what two weeks now, three weeks, and he's already gone up 0.2 million, which shows how quickly everyone is jumping on board. He does look a bit of a steal, you know, at 8.2, very similarly priced to Martial, and he's going to be assisting Martial. You mentioned it in your head-to-head spiel, Alex. The the thing that is most attractive about him is he just has taken over corners, free kicks, penalty kicks. It's just an extra avenue into point scoring, and United get a lot of corners, they get a lot of free kicks, they get a lot of penalties. Get a lot of penalties. So it, it's, I can see him being, not just like, a, he's going to be a bandwagon, but I can see him being a valuable bandwagon moving forward. Yeah, I think Manchester United, I think it's three more penalties than any other Premier League team Manchester United have had this season. The other thing with him is Solskjaer has already come out like glowingly about him. You know, he was asked about Lingard and Pereira and he just said they're going to have to raise their levels. You know, we found our number 10 for the foreseeable future. He's going to be playing and he's not one to rotate too often if he can help it. He's going to be playing week in, week out at 8 million. You know, if they do go deep in the Europa League and you are looking to move on to him from, move on your city assets, he's a very much a viable option. I look at I look at Bruno and I think um, going forward if Manchester United are, go- are going to make it into the Champions League spot someone like him is go- is going to have to score at least you know you're looking you know at least five goals and then you're looking at his assists as well and that all adds up that will add up into points they're still in the FA Cup of course so that brings into play the prospect of a double game week in the future that's another reason to potentially get him in going forward he just you know as a caveat, I will say he likes a yellow card. I'd say that. You know, Bruno, of course, has, has, has been booked a number of times. He's already been booked since joining Manchester United, of course. And that may be an issue going forward. But I, I look at him and, and think, someone like him playing in that position, Manchester United have been desperate for someone uh, of his creativity. And I think going going forward for United, he's going to play a huge part in that. And he'll play a huge part, ultimately, in the success of the team. I think it's, by the way, fine. 
think it's eight yellow cards actually he's been awarded this season and a red so just be careful about that but that's a small I look at that and it's it's caveated by his goals and his assists so ultimately I look at that, this and I think he's definitely a big option going forward in your midfields in the absence of City and Arsenal and and, and others is, is that Everton United fixture on Sunday probably the match to be aiming for if you're looking for differentials like Fernandes who's 8% but he's still a differential he's rising but I felt like like I don't have Fernandes in my team I should have brought him in that's my mistake but when Fernandez scored those his goal against Watford, my rank didn't drop exponentially. Whereas when Martial scored, my rank did drop a lot. And I think that that show, tells the whole story for me that Fernandez is not as well owned and he's still a differential, but he's rising at an alarming rate within a few game weeks, you know, if he continues the way he is, most people are going to have him. Yeah, you quite like the look of that fixture, don't you, Everton United, for yeah. goals. Yeah, and, I and Whereas 4-0 last year, isn't it? I, and that's why I'm sort of the other way. 4-0 last year to Everton. I, I can see it being a tighter affair than perhaps you do. And so maybe defensively, you know, like Harry Maguire's just scored, you know, keeping clean sheets left, right and centre. I could see more defenders being differential options this week. You pointed out the Everton United match. For me, it's the Norwich-Leicester match and Ricardo Pereira. You know, attacking fullbacks. We all know that they can haul. Last week we spoke about Matt Doherty attacking fullback for Wolves. Ricardo Pereira for Leicester is getting up and down that wing. He's already got three goals and two assists this season. Norwich are porous at the back. That he'd be who I would be looking towards. I like Maguire. Yeah, I'll give you Maguire because Maguire. Now that Manchester United have a competent set piece taker, Maguire all of a sudden becomes a completely different threat. You know, he's got, I think it's at 27 FPL points in his last three game weeks, the three clean sheets and the goal against Chelsea from the Bruno corner. So I think that says it all for him. But yeah, I do. I watched Everton's defence against Arsenal. It was poor. It was really poor. And they look great going forward too. So let's not rule out Calvert-Lewin. Let's not rule out Richarlison. You know, those two seem to be, you know, a, the, quite the duo in Everton's team. You know, that's who they're looking towards for their attacking returns. And I, yeah, I really could. I could see another 3-2 in there. Would you have... So Richarlison is 8.3 million, Fernandez yeah. is 8.2. You know, if you were going to pick one of them to transfer in? I would pick Bruno Fernandez. I would. I, I think he's... I like Richarlison. I do like Richarlison, but I, I just... Based on what I've seen from Fernandez, I've been very, very impressed. Um, as of now, he's... he's um, owned by less managers as well than Richardson, so he's slightly more of a differential. That won't last much longer, though, I don't think. But um, for me, based on what I've seen so far, and he's on penalties as well, the set pieces, I think that's impossible to ignore the most. I would go for Fernandez. You see, I'd go for Richardson, and not just for yeah. our head-to-head uh, discussion. But I disagree. Four, four goals in his last five matches. You know, he seems a revelation again. And Unlike previously when he has gone up front or not, he is now playing as an out-and-out forward in a 4-4-2. You know, he offers what FBI managers dream of at the start of the season, someone who offering that out-of-position potential. And Richarlison will be... He, he's proven he can do it in the Premier League over a longer period of time than Fernandez has. not proven that he could do it against United earlier this season, only one point in the return but game. He, and but he did score last season bucket. against them in the 4-0 win. He scored last season. United are a different prospect this season. Uh, I'll wait now before you just do what you guys always do. Uh, are any of those players in your captain's pick article? None of them are in my captain's pick article. So this week, we, no matches this week for Manchester City and with Aubameyang also not playing. The captaincy choice article this week is very much Liverpool heavy. So you can find the article on thestatsone.com. It should go out uh, either Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. Uh, I've gone for my main choice this week after the success of pitting Trent Alexander-Arnold last week. 
uh, being Sadio Mane. You know, so an away match against Watford, he has an excellent record away from home. He has an excellent record against Watford and he has an excellent ownership level or an ownership rate. So he's only owned by 23.4% of people as compared to, say, Salah or Trent, whose ownership are far above the 40% threshold. So I would say he is not only an excellent captaincy choice, but also an excellent differential choice compared to those Liverpool players. As I took a four-point hit in order to bring in Sadio Mane, the, this game we just gone, not sign, not bringing in Fernandes as a result, uh, I would be more than happy if Mane was to prove you right and gain at least one goal in this fixture. I think he's the top choice this week. He's my top choice, definitely. I agree with you on that. We don't agree much, but I agree with you on that. Okay. Uh, we'll continue through the Liverpool foray in captaincy choices and Salah is the obvious one to go second uh, six goals two assists in his last eight I mentioned it earlier averaging eight points also over his last uh, eight game weeks excellent record against Watford and that four goal haul you know someone always four goals hauls in a season did you know that I triple captain Salah at that week oh. Easy. You, you've been waiting to get that in, haven't you? Two in one show, it's great. Karen. I know. No, I agree. I think he. We, I feel like a broken record saying this every podcast, but I think Salah will be the most captained player uh, of the but game. He, he undoubtedly will be. I actually think he's probably the third best option, even though I've gone second with him out of Liverpool's many, many options. So who's the third? Is it Firmino? The second best option uh, yeah. from Liverpool is Trent Alexander-Arnold, who you see... <sighs> Unsure of, despite his continuing brilliance on the pitch, I just find it very difficult captaining a defender. Obviously, I think but it's is... more the fact they're away from home. Yeah. I worry. Oh, I don't know. It's I just... think Alexander Arnold would get more love as a captaincy pick if he was classified as a midfielder of on this game, he would. Of which he would. is ludicrous because he operates basically as a midfielder. Andy's on set pieces. Andy's got what the second most assists to De Bruyne all season, and he's not blanked now since game week seventeen. So in that same time period, Salah's blanked four times, Mane's blanked three times. He's averaging 9.5 points per game week since game week 17, which is more than Salah, more than Mane. He's got more points over the last 10 weeks than either of those two players. I don't understand why you wouldn't think of him as an excellent the, captaincy the, choice. The prospect of Liverpool conceding a goal. It's a, and then Alexander Arnold coming out with the one-point haul that Virgil van Dijk he's, Joe Gomez got last game. But he's not had a one-point haul because of how well, great he is attacking. I'm, I'm just I, I'm just giving a reason as to why I think people get nervous about captain defence. It's like an unwritten rule of FPL, really. Just don't captain the defence. Yeah, he's, he's torn that rule up. Yeah, on paper, absolutely has, but I don't think it's going to stop people from. No, I, 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 I agree. I, I agree. It's like on. a it's like a mental block whereby they see defender away from home, they worry about the clean sheet, whereas really you should just treat Trent as a midfielder who happens to get four points for a clean sheet. Oh, of course, so like Lundstrom, basically. Yes, like like, like Lundstrom. Like Lundstrom in terms of how he goes for. And that is the only time we will compare Alexander Arnold to Lundstrom. Lundstrom has more goals than Alexander Arnold. Thank you very much. If you, but not more oh, points. But not more points. No. Who's your fourth pick, Tim? <laughs> fourth, point, fourth pick is away from Liverpool. Uh, Jamie Vardy. He's a very much a fixture over form pick. You know they're playing Norwich away from home. Uh, they've only kept one clean sheet Norwich at home all season, so Vardy will get chances. And although he's not scored now in his last six game weeks during that time, he has missed four big chances and also set up three. So he is getting the shots away and he's getting the you know into the positions he's just not taking them that will change he loves a Friday night game last time he had a Friday night game with Southampton away we know how that ended hat-trick 
and a 9-0 win. And uh, it'd be nice to see something similar if it means Vardy getting in amongst the points. We'll see. I think he's a very good option, I have to say, against Norwich. I mentioned in the head-to-head with Zimmerman out injured. If with Zimmerman gone and, and Godfrey and Hanley as the central defensive partnership, I fear for Norwich. I do. I just feel like they've almost given up now, really, on relegate on uh, on surviving in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, if I'm Leicester, I'm smelling blood. Your differential choice last week went very well as the captaincy. Because it was all Bamiang. It did go well. And who are we putting our trust in this week? I'm going to put it in Bobby Firmino. Again, we discussed. Of course, it's another Liverpool player. They are the standout choice this season, and definitely this game week with the current blank fixtures. Uh, He's Mister Away, as we referenced earlier. You know, eight goals in eight in away games, and it's more a matter of trust. You know, you trust Liverpool to score goals. They will score this weekend. You know, Firmino may or may they may or may not. Firmino may or may not have a hand in them, but they're going to score. He does score away from home. So he would be my differential pick over the other three Liverpool players and Vardy. Keep that quote, Adam. I want to hear that quote repeated on the podcast a number of times if Liverpool do not score. If, yeah, I will save it and we will see. Uh, but that's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening or downloading our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please feel free to give us a review and spread the word. The word still needs spreading. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and make your friends do the same. Have you made your friends do the same, Tim? I have made my friends do the same. Alex, all three of them. I don't have many friends, so I can't. Well, that's not an excuse. You to make them still. <laughs> my imaginary friends said, yeah, listen to it. No, of course. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's goodbye for Tim. Goodbye. And Alex. Goodbye. And me. Brought to you by The Stat Zone.